Welcome to our Bay Health Festivals podcast. Other podcasts are available on our Health Festivals website, thebayhealthfestivals.org.uk slash podcasts. Every year we say at the Health Festival, it's not just about telling people to get fit or to look after themselves. It's about creating space for important conversation, what's important to you, what drives you, what issues you have to deal with. And that can include some very, very difficult issues. Our guest on this podcast has been through some very difficult issues and is here to talk with us. And our guest today is, well, I'll let her introduce herself to you now. Hi, I'm uh, Nikki Guest. It's been a difficult year, um, particularly as a lot of us have with the pandemic. I lost my husband through COVID, Simon Guest. He was a frontline worker at Furnace General Hospital, trying to come to deal terms with it and deal with it particularly with a very public loss, has been a very difficult and traumatic time. The first thing that struck me was incredible sympathy for what had happened because it's just, it is horrible. Um, But also thinking, oh, my life, the glare of publicity, you know, I mean, how do you cope with all that? How did that get to you? How did that affect you? What was that like? It it was very difficult. Um, I don't think I ever or anybody comprehended what that would have been actually like because he was the first in the trust I knew it was really really important that his colleagues and the hospital staff were able to grieve for him because I knew that it wasn't just about my loss it was about a public's loss as well but I don't think any of us had any comprehension of the outpour of love and support that came with that I had hundreds of Facebook messages, of cards, of letters. And it was beautiful, but incredibly overwhelming as well. Incredibly overwhelming. Um, It was beautiful to have that support in a time when I wasn't even allowed out the door. I had many conversations on my front doorstep. People were stood on my front doorstep. Yeah, no one could come in and no one could reach me really and do the normal things that everyone does in the normal time of grief I mean listening to you talk there one of the things that strikes me there's a couple of things and it would be good to reflect on these because there'll be lots of people listening to this whose loved one has died during Covid and and they will things will resonate you've got all these well wishes and that's incredibly supportive and warm but did you ever get nervous have switched on the computer at some stage I think there's going to be more message and that's going to keep reminding me of what's happening and that's a real tearing wrestling match isn't it really it got to the point where I couldn't even look at Facebook because it wasn't I didn't want those messages because I did want those messages but every time I looked at those messages or every time I got a card through the door it was just painful it was painful because it was my loss But I also knew one of the biggest learning lessons that I learned was that it was also important for me to receive that, to receive that love, because I could see, because I'm a therapist as well. I've been a therapist for 18 years and worked with mental health and worked with loss and grief and trauma and lots of other areas of my life. I could understand that it wasn't just about me, but there were times when I couldn't even look at it. It took me a long time to be able to go back onto Facebook and slowly read through the messages because, one, as people know, when someone dies, there's so much to sort out. And because we were in the, we, it was the beginning of the pandemic, everything had to be done. I did everything from my, my office in the attic, 
you know, from organising a funeral to registering his death to all those things, I was very much on my own with. People often uh, speak when grief happens of feeling alone because everyone's grief, it's almost a cliche, but it's different, isn't it? Because it's its your loss and it's your relationship with that person. And, that, and that, that's just, I mean, that presumably added to your sense of isolation, did it? I mean, did you almost feel imprisoned by that? You're stuck there or did it give a surreal aspect to it? It's a... It was... It was really, it's a hard one to describe because you know that all these people are around you and want to support you because I'm getting it in every direction that people want to support me and it was amazing and phenomenal. But yeah, I'm literally on my own in my own house and we're only allowed out, you know, once a day to go for a walk, you know, or go for a run. And it had that real feel of, yes, the support was there, but no, there was isolation with that as well. And I think for me, the hardest bit was when the ambulance left. And once I went into hospital and not being able to do the things that we naturally want to do. And that I think is hard for a lot of people that have lost somebody through COVID, not being able to do the things that we naturally want to do, which is be by the person's bedside, hold the hand, go to them, talk to them, and all these things we were unable to do. And the minute the ambulance left, I was in isolation because it was COVID. So I couldn't even be allowed out the house. So there's a real sense of helplessness and powerlessness. And that's a double loss, isn't it? Yeah, because those are natural things that we want to do. We naturally want to be sat by our loved one's bedside. We naturally want to hold someone's hand. And that is an incredibly difficult experience for anybody to understand when that's taken away from you and denied. I was intrigued as, as you were talking then that you know, two or three times, understandably, you mentioned, well, I was isolated, um, there was the pandemic on, and you've, you've mentioned that. But, it, but it, it occurred to me as you were talking that part of the pressure must have been... Um, Every time you switch on the TV, you get the pandemic again. I mean, how, did, how was that an issue for you? And if so, how did you cope with that? Yeah, it's been a huge issue all the way through this because it's a constant reminder of you've lost somebody. It's a constant reminder of how you've lost somebody. And it's, for me, even just simply walking into town to go and get my shopping, you're hearing people talk about, their experience of COVID, which is their experience and absolutely fine, that's really difficult when your experience has been totally different. And there's been times when I've left Ulverston um, in tears because I can't cope with that or deal with that. And I have to say I've done, I've isolated myself. I didn't watch the TV. I didn't watch the news. I didn't watch the figures. I would, list, I would literally just wink onto my news feed once a day just to keep up to date with any changes or anything that was happening, the rules and that sort of thing, and take myself into nature. And do exercise has been a big thing for me as well because it's a place where I've been able to switch my head off. So I haven't had to deal with that, but it's incredibly triggering. Let's talk a wee bit about the switching your head off. So you mentioned earlier about being a therapist and obviously helping people through grief and so forth. And uh, yeah, I mean, it must be in, incredibly difficult when this is all around you that you can't you almost kind of can't move on can you because it, it's you know if you have a death 
from what you might call a normal illness, say somebody has cancer, a person dies and the rest of the world has its normality to which you have to readjust. But you've lived with the abnormality for the past kind of 18 months almost, haven't you really? And that you've not had a chance to do that. So talk me through as personally you, uh, with your exercise, but also your experience as a therapist, how you've begun to manage that. Because if people listening to this are thinking, yeah, that all makes sense to me. How do I manage it though? What what has Nikki learned that I might learn? Um, I think for me, it's been acknowledging my feelings and emotions as I go along. So when I have been upset, I've allowed myself to cry and to be upset and also do something that actually makes me feel better. So it's like being able to acknowledge those feelings. If I'm feeling sad, I will allow myself to cry and be in that emotion of sadness. But also then do something that, do you know what, I can go and watch a film or that and take my head out. And I think because I am a reflective counsellor, I know myself very well and I know how to deal with my emotions. And I think the biggest thing is not to run away from them and not to think that you should be acting in some other way. Because I know for myself on Monday, I was having a conversation with a friend when we've We've gone into these new rules, you know, this new experience again, haven't we, where there's been more freedom. And I said to my friend, you know, I I really wish there was a book that would tell me how I'm supposed to feel about this. Because each time we move or the world moves differently again, it's like, how am I supposed to feel about this? Because there's a part of me that feels really excited that we've got a bit of freedom again. And it's like, I want to start getting on with my life and start moving forward. And then there's a part of me that's going, well, no, but it's not over yet. And we might go back in lockdown and we might. And it's like, how am I supposed to feel? So what I do is, is I acknowledge both of that. It's like, it's okay that I feel like that. And that's my experience of feeling. I think that's it. I think that's what it is. And, and I don't, there's no rights or wrongs in this. And I think that's been a big, there's, I think for me, I'm very blessed that I've not come out with this feeling angry or bitter towards any of it but that's not me saying that I haven't at times got incredibly angry with COVID I've never got angry at size death but I've got incredibly angry at COVID of what it's taken from us and what it's the experience of that's been through that but I also recognize that I've gained as well as lost through this and I think that's been a big thing for me that's a very interesting statement to make, isn't it? And what do you think you've gained from this? Because most people would look at this and say, oh, this is it's a pandemic, it's a disaster. And yet here you are having gone through the pain very early on, all the public kind of profile of that because of who Simon was. And, and yet you're saying you think you've gained from it. I have gained from it. I've gained a great understanding of what it feels like to receive love on a level that I've never received it from before, from the public, which was phenomenal, and and to learn to receive that. The other thing that I've realised is is that how blessed I was to have had sight in my life for that length of time. And also, I found rapid transformational therapy, and I've retrained as a therapist over this time. And that's been life-changing for me. And it's also life-changing for others. So I'm able to work in a different way that transforms people's lives. 
and I've met a whole group of new people, even though it's been online, most of it, that I wouldn't have experienced. If, if my life had been the same as it was, I wouldn't have come across RTT. I wouldn't have come across rapid transformational therapy. Let's let's just focus on that minute because we're moving towards you know fifteen minutes now. And this has been absolutely fascinating. I'm extremely grateful, as I'm sure people listening to the podcast will be, with your honesty and your reflections. But you've obviously found something that's going to help you cope with all this and deal with it and to to transcend it in a sense with that sense of gratitude. But also rapid transitional therapy. That's a new one on me. Tell me what it is. <laughs> RTT rapid <laughs> transformational therapy is um, it's Marissa Pierce method and it's working in a form of hypnosis but it's a lot more than hypnosis it brings in hypnosis it brings in um, psychodynamics it brings in neurolinguist programming and it brings in cognitive behavioral therapy and I've been a therapist for 18 years and I've worked with mental health I've done a lot of work around suicide self-harm sexual abuse and rape eating disorders So I've been around the field a lot and it's the first more complete therapy that I've ever seen. So within the session, we go, I put somebody into hypnosis and then we go back to three or five scenes all to do with a certain issue, say, for example, confidence and why you got that belief. So then you start to change that belief. You change that belief within the session And by the time you come out of that session, you've changed your thought pattern because our beliefs are the biggest things that hold us back. And we form those beliefs very early on in our lives. And then I do a transformational recording and someone listens to that for 21 days and that helps them to be able to reprogram their mind. And for myself, it's helped me through a time in my life that has been incredibly difficult. Um, And also I've seen some phenomenal results through it as well i mean that, that's quite profound isn't it because it's it is i mean what seems to be coming through the whole interview is this is rubbish this has been tough it's been a struggle and there's times i've wondered what's going on and you mentioned anger to covid and they have to switch the news off and all those things and yet you have exercised a freedom to position yourself not as a victim but as a person who's discovered something deeper, more meaningful out of this. Is that a fair assessment, do you think? That's a really fair assessment. That is a fair assessment. Um, And I know Sai well enough to know that he would want me to go on and succeed in my life and to do the things that I wanted to do. So I believe that he's behind me all the way through this. And I believe that I fell across this. I I wouldn't have fallen across it if everything hadn't been so for me there is pain but there's joy as well through this thank you for downloading our bay health festivals podcast other podcasts are available on our festivals website thebayhealthfestivals.org.uk slash podcasts